Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news discussion and, of course, a whole lot of opinions about Brandon's work and the Cosmere. I'm Eric, and joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm Weary Rider. Also joining me is Evgeny. I am still Argent. And lastly, we have Rosemary. Hello, I am Kamith. And I'm Chaos. And this week we're going through more Jordan Con words of Brandon. Uh, we, same amount of podcasts as the Oathbreaker tour. Uh, just, you know. We were, we were a little Spoiler, more exclusive. It's a lot of them. Yeah. We were, we were a little more exclusive on the Oathbringer tour, I think. But, uh, yeah. That's okay. Uh, let's get started. Yeah. So this first one is Can you hemallergy AVR? That's a not Which a verb. Doesn't quite work. That's not a verb. No, it is. No, it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, I, I object to that grammar. <laughs> yeah. And, and Brennan says, Yes, you could. Questioner continues on. So you could take a AVR hemallergy spike. And put it on a cat and make an make a AVR cat. That's amazing, Brandon. by the way. Yeah. See, this is where it gets. You heard the asterisks in my these sorts of things. It wouldn't do what you wanted it wanted to do, but this is possible. Okay. Pretty straightforward. Uh, you can you can steal powers from from AVRs, mm-hmm. which is neat. Yep. Yeah. Cats get worms too, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they just don't have cats on Dromonaut. Uh, on the Dromonaut system. Yeah. F- F- Feliniars. <laughs> Next question comes from Page Runner. Oh, yeah. Uh, a-, a fellow staffer. Um, Lightspren, the ones who like to travel, are they Will Shaperspren? I thought I was pretty obvious. And Brandon does confirm that they are, in fact, the Will Shaperspren. Good. Which is cool. Which is cool. It's always, it's always good to have confirmations like that. And along the same lines, Page Runner asks, the cracked stone spren that we saw, we didn't get a name for them. Are they the Stoneward spren? And Brandon once again says, yeah, oh wait, yeah, yeah, they are. Um, do they have a name? And can you canonize it now? Asks Page Runner. Uh, but Brandon says no. When did we see cracked stone spren? I, I forgot. In um- Celebrant. Yeah, oh, and celebrate. Okay. They're like they look. They look like there's like magma and fire coming oh, okay. out of yeah, their yeah, insides, like gotcha. stone people with like glowing cracks. Yeah, I I love those. I love the stone wards a lot, and I love their sprint now. Makes sense. So yeah, no. And I love their herald and just yep. I love their surges. I love their attributes. Cool. I I have a I have a type. Yeah. All right, uh, the next one is from our also our very own Yule Rule, where she asked, uh, if a spike has gone too long without being stored in blood, will it completely lose its charge? And Brandon's response is, it will never completely lose its charge. So they yeah. never drain out totally. It's exponential decay, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it will it's tend towards zero, but never reach it. Yeah, calculus. Has, oh yeah. He he Brandon has in the past referred to the hemorrhagic decay as as having a half-life. So that makes sure. sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's another one from Yule Rule. I think this is probably from the signing. Um so she asks, have all the spikes been collected? Uh, you have a d- bunch of dead inquisitors. You've got the coloss at the end of Mistborn. And Brandon's asking for clarification. I mean, have they all been collected? And uh her 
response is, yeah, or, did, or are they all just lying around or did they? And she trails off. And Brandon's response is, there are some that have been lost. Which is an interesting juxtaposition with the previous one that it never completely loses its charge. So, yeah, kind of interesting. That's a lot of a lot of potential earrings there for the Pathians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Now, it's like they've been lost to people, but I'm sure Sazed knows exactly where they all are. Yeah, I'm sure. Even sure, if yeah. they're buried in the middle of the planet. Like, yeah, he knows. Yeah. He has them tucked away for a rainy day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this next one, also from Page Runner, which one, this one will hurt Ian immensely. Uh, the Miss Spren who crewed the Honor Spren ship. Are they Radiant Spren? Brandon, no, they are not. Why don't you, why don't you tell us why you think yeah, they what, would have been? Yeah, what's on your mind? What's on your mind? Okay. So... At the moment, this is frustrating, but this just means that in future books, he has to show us more varieties of true spread that are not radiant spread. Because at the moment, this is the only one, and we're only missing one radiant spread. So it's like, ah! So Logic this failed is, me. This is coming from you going, hey, the only, the only true spread that we have seen are the radiant spread. But we do have a confirmation that not all true spren are radiant spren, and so you were hoping to see more that don't align with surge binding. Well, well, going forward, yes, it's sure. just like up until now, excluding very special cases like the Stormfather and the Oathgate spren and like Void spren, like the only sapient spren we saw were radiant spren. Okay. There was no indication that there were. For- species that did not partake in the pot mm-hmm. sure yeah i, I just mean, i just want to see more sprint yeah i yeah. mean i guess there's just more than that so i guess that's how it is i think we're just hitting the time where you track down uh brandon uh Evgeny, <laughs> and you just uh you know peppered him with questions for a while yeah uh these are yeah i mean maybe because these seem a little out of order yeah, I mean, I didn't grab them all, but yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they could have... Okay. They- so Arshant asked, Chris believes that the reason preservation is experiencing a slow death is because Ruin is not strong enough to splinter preservation. Brandon, yeah, that is a theory. Arshant, yeah, that's what she thinks. Does she think that this is because of Ruin's trapped power or because of the inherent difference in the strength levels of shards? Brandon, she thinks it is more along the lines of a matter of leveraging power as the power is. The things that happen made it harder for him to leverage his power. Trapped is a good term. Good enough term. Yeah. Oh, good enough term. Yes. That makes sense. So because he's missing that power, like he can't like leverage the rest of him as effectively. Yep. And, and so I did have to to change the phrasing of this question because originally it was a lot more, a, a lot less. This is what Chris thinks, and a lot more. Well, this is how things are, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you have and, to be very careful with that yeah. sort of thing. Uh, I had to, I had to uh, change things when Brandon was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's a theory." Like, okay, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna dial it down a little bit. Why don't I read the next one? Because. Oh, Brandon, my arch nemesis. <laughs> His response there amuses me so much. This is so amazing. Much. This is amazing. So this was this was not actually one I had intended to ask. This was Brandon going, hey, you've got one more question. Make it good. 
And so I was I was fishing a little bit. Uh, and I go, void binding and what Renarin does. We're uh, we're still very confused about how and then Brandon interrupts. I'm happy that you are very confused about that because I haven't explained it very much. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Um, I can just see him smiling there too. Oh, he was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> um and, and then he follows up with um the fact that Renarin also hasn't figured out all that much. Uh and so yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and we're not even sure whether he's a void binder. Yeah, he says Brandon. Uh, and I continue. He probably is a void binder, right? Um, I mean, you listeners can reference back to a previous cast, mm-hmm. I think, uh, where we actually I don't I don't know if we've talked about the page on the cast. We did mention it, I believe. I was gonna refer them to Yeah. yeah. Yep, it's all on that void binding podcast that we did a while back. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. so it it does look like he might be a void binder, but he might look like a special kind of void binder or have void binder, have surge binder, or something weird. Anyway, Brandon is happy. We're confused. Thanks, Brandon. And and so I end with okay. Well, so uh, probably a void binder. Not gonna ask you that. You're probably gonna raffle that. And I was like, yep, yep, great. I want to raffle that. Well, wasn't it like? Before Oathbringer, that's like, oh yeah, you'll see what Renard is in Oathbringer. Yeah, it'll be it'll be clear, really clear. Nope. Yeah, like, not. Yeah, I mean, the... kinda, but uh, Gavilar's, Gavilar's Brandon... black spheres. They're exactly yeah. what you think it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes <laughs> Brandon thinks things are more clear than they actually are. Yeah. because yeah. he actually knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I bet that helps. Yeah, I'm sure. So, uh, the person asked. Um, it said by uh, Sill that everything has a spren. Does aluminum have a spren? And Brandon's response is, does aluminum have a spren? This is a good question for, for philosophers in world. I would say that the majority of them would say yes. It's just a very isolated and unresponsive spren. Um, there are some who would say no, it's the dead material that has no spren, but others would argue that the dead material with no spren would just disintegrate to death. So aluminum is kind of a strange duck. Yeah. So this ties into the weirdness that is aluminum in the Cosmere. In Which that, gets like, more and more weird. And yeah. The, yeah. yeah, the whole thing of everything having a spren is sort of a philosoph- uh, philosophical statement and... Yeah. No one's ever actually poked an aluminum spren. Mm-hmm. But, like, I like the idea of, like, it is the dead material that has no spren is weird is and really fascinating. Yeah. yeah, that is cool. Then on this next one, Argent asks, uh, would aeons work better, it would work even better if they were drawn with a cartographer or calligrapher's attention to detail, if you draw a map of Arelon. Brandon does a long pause. Yes and no. The answer really is it depends. I'm going to say on average, yes. So, okay. Which is cool. Yeah. I did I did expect him to to give a lot more positive response, to be honest. I really thought Aeons would would become super powerful if you like draw a map. Um, but I guess not. Yeah. And then this uh the next one Argent also asks 
are the heralds champions of honor in the same way that Tanavast was encouraging Dalinar to force Odium to choose a champion? And Brandon says, similar. Which is really cool to me. I love this one. I like it a lot. Um, Shardic champions is something we we keep hearing about mostly mm-hmm. in in Stormlight. Um, but like, what does that what does that entail? How much how much power do you get? What responsibilities do you get? Because you're a champion of honor, are you now bound to act honorably? Uh, what does acting honorably even mean when honor has been splintered? Right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really excited to see where this this whole champion stuff is gonna go. I mean, that's a big question considering the end of Oathbringer, right? Yeah. Yeah. But but I guess I guess I guess this is going to if if Odium were to choose a champion, we would probably end up with something similar to like an anti-herald, right? It's, this is this is what it kind yeah. of implies. I guess it's just interesting that the unmade are not that, and the fused are not that either. You know, like that's kind of interesting to me. <laughs> Never crossed my mind that they would be. No, I know. I, yeah, I know. But it's just we we have so many layers of Odium's army, and it's and yeah. still honors just like no. You need to Tim to actually choose a champion because all that other crap not champion. Somebody no. who's actually strong. Well, these are strong, yeah. ish. So still with Argent. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, not sorry. No, no you're no, not. not. No, you're not. Yeah. Neither are we. Yeah. Uh, spread and grant control over surges. Because surges are perceived as fundamental powers on Roshar, would other cognitive beings grant different powers based on what they perceive to be fundamental, such as electromagnetism is on Earth? Brandon, it is plausible, although this was set up in a specific way. Argent, by honor or adenalsium? Brandon, raffo on that. Set up might be the wrong word. There were seeds that caused this to happen the way it did. Argent, the surge binding thing? Brandon, yes, those influenced what people perceived as fundamental forces. Huh. Which um, is consistent with the Ars Arcanum, where Chris talks about, like, oh, the Ten Surges are, like, the fundamental forces of reality, as according to the Rosharns, but, like, more accurately, they describe the abilities of the Radiance. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like so a chicken I, and egg I, situation. Yeah. I, I guess what happened here was Honor or Adonalsium, because Raffle, right? Set things up so that these powers are like this is this is the invested art on, on Roshar, right? Mm-hmm. The surge binding. And people saw these powers and were like, well, these are these are the fundamental forces of the universe, right? I, I guess I guess that's what this is getting at, uh, which is which is a little disappointing to me because what I was hoping to get at was well if somebody were to bind let's say Kelsier, and 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 Kelsier has I mean example right um, but if Kelsier understands electromagnetism to be a fundamental force then would he would he grant control over electromagnetism uh, but obviously we didn't get there yeah yeah. Uh, still staying with my private birthday Q&A. Thank you, oh, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ask about Lightsong's personality and why is it very different from Stenomar's. Uh, if you don't remember, Stenomar is Lightsong before he died and returned. 
Yep. Uh, because we now know that divine breaths are the cognitive shadows of those people who die. Well, returned are the cognitive shadows of those who die, stapled back to their bodies with uh, with a divine breath. So where does the new personality come from? And and Brandon says that um, his argument there when he was writing it is that the person, this is the person he would have become. Uh, my philosophy there was the way that the return happened and you losing your memories, it comes down to a nature versus nurture type of thing. The personality, he's the same person, but with certain life experiences removed, different circumstances. And in this case, that resulted in, let's say, a secondary mode of personality that had never been encouraged before. Just like how you put me in the right situation, I'm an extrovert, but in a lot of situations, I'm an introvert. So you remove a lot of that cultural conditioning and that is who they become. That makes sense. I never really thought of it, uh, thought of this question, but like, yeah, okay. That, that answer is satisfactory yeah. to me. I mean, that just gives you a whole lot of potential philosophical things to kick around for yeah, really. hours and hours yep, of discussions. Really I mean, I, I'd say I like the question, but it's on my list, so. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you Obviously, asked. You, like you had to like the question. Yeah, of right. All right. So this is another of Argent's questions. Because that he's like half of this entire document. What a surprise. Argent cast. <laughs> Welcome to Argent cast. Where he stalked Brandon and forced him to answer questions so that we could have this podcast. Look. <laughs> so, so he asked, uh, how many waves of human populations have migrated to Roshar? So I'm thinking the Ashenites coming from Ashen, right? Was that just the only humans that ever came as a population? And then Brandon responded with, well, it depends on if you count the Iriali. And Argent said, that's specifically one I'm thinking of. Uh, Brandon said they came in a separate migration. And Argent asked, not from Ashen? And he agreed, affirmed, not from Ashen. And then Argent says, from whatever the third land was. And then there's not a response to that. Well, that's fascinating. It is. Multiple migrations to Roshar yeah. by humans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And wherever the crap the third land was, you know? Mm-hmm. This kind of blew my mind in, in, in a small way. I, what I had thought was that the Iriali had gone to Ashen and then come to, to Roshar along with everyone else. I thought the Shin were the old ones out. I thought they were the separate, the separate well, population. probably are. I mean, I'm sure there's more than just a few. There were probably waves upon waves of migration, which is how you have so many different types of people. Because obviously the Shin are a different genetically isolated population. Well, I think it's more that like they kept separate from like mm. most humans like went out and conquered Roshar and the Shin remained behind. Yeah. And became isolated over time. Yeah. So that now they're genetically distinct, but back in the day they were not. Well, also, I mean... Ashenites aren't a homogenous thing either, right? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. It, it, so hard to say, but uh, Ashenites are not like just necessarily one ethnicity, right? So, you have various ethnicities that appear to be hybrids from other species, like how the horn eaters appear yep. to have various Parshendi traits to them. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, so I, I really want to know what the third land is and if. How, I don't know if we've seen it. I don't think so, but we don't know. 
we yeah we probably we wouldn't know like if we did yeah i guess i did i did talk with some people at jordan con about uh-huh. the irreality long trail yeah um and and we were we were talking about whether uh well if the first land is yolen sure uh which seems reasonable right and the fourth start. land is roshar my theory was that the third land was ashen right the second land was some you know intermediary between between yolen and ashen and Facts. Sure. Everyone, sure. Why not? Everyone's... Let's put Vax into it. Great. I mean, it's it's as likely as anything else, right? Um, I don't remember the sixth and the seventh land. Like, I don't remember where I was going with that theory, but I thought that one of the lands may have been Shadesmar, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, sure. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know if that's at all likely, but it's maybe something worth considering in the future as we learn more about the Ariali. It is really hard to say. Let's go on to this next one. Uh, Arjun asks, does Awakening drain colors outside the visible spectrum? Brandon, yes, it does. You're talking about ultraviolet and infrared? Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Right? Kind of makes but sense. Just makes because sense. we can't see the colors doesn't yeah, mean yeah, they're yeah. not it's, there. It's still electromagnetic well, no, radiation. No, I, I, I disagree. I disagree because a lot of the Cosmere magic has to do with perception. And we don't perceive oh, that, ultraviolet that, that, that and infrared as as colors at all. Or, well, you don't perceive them at all. Well, we don't know if like maybe dragons can see those colors. Mm, sure, but they dragons are not awakening. Is the magic of the Nalthians? Yeah. But what if their shard was a dragon? And oh no, I played <laughs> this life. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's certainly possible. We don't necessarily know that endowment started out a human. Well, it, yeah. and it's also just this weird relationship with color and magic that's, yeah. you know, like, it doesn't necessarily need to be necessarily perception because the whole color thing is just still kind of weird. Yeah, maybe yeah, someone like needs to ask people. whether there is a heightening you can reach where you can start seeing those extra that would colors. That pretty cool. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Listeners, take note. Indeed. And uh, interrupting our regular flow of Argent words of Brandon, yeah, we have a few from Isaac Stewart, art director at Dragonsteel Entertainment, and a wonderful, wonderful human being. He's um, the nicest. He is, in fact, the nicest. But it's a close call between and, um, him and Brandon. Between yeah. him and everyone else yeah, in Dragonsteel, yeah, right. that's really true. Um, I did, I did get to to chat with him a little bit. Um, on, on multiple occasions. And in one of those conversations, um, I asked about sprint fishing, which is which is a phrase we learned from Naz's map of Shadesmar yep. that we see in Oathbringer, where he mm-hmm. says that sprint fishing is uh, prohibited or banned. What did he say? Yeah. Illegal? Is illegal. Like illegal in, in, in Ravizad. Oh, Ravidaz. I think it was Ravizad. And... Um, Isaac explained that sprint fishing is uh, so you know how when you when you experience emotions, for example, you kind of naturally draw uh, specific types of sprint mm, to sure. you. So when Adolin was in Shadesmar, he was afraid. He was he was attracting fear sprint, um, and that's natural and that's okay. But if you were to somehow artificially um, either experience emotions or artificially figure out a way to draw sprint. Uh, of specific type to you 
for your own purposes, such as you want to study them, you want to, if it's a big sprint, you want to ride it somewhere and, and go on, on an adventure. Um, that's considered just unethical by the sprint, and that's what sprint fishing is. You are, you are forcing somehow sprint of specific type to come to you for your own purposes. Um, which I, I thought was a, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, especially since Shalon also does that in the book. She, she does things to try to attract Spren to herself, but she's in the physical realm when she does it. So she doesn't get in trouble. Yeah, that's, that's true. Also, also, it seems like it's specifically that city Mm -hmm. or or at least certain cities, right? Not, not everywhere. Um, it also, it also fits in line with what we kind of understand Naz's character to be. Uh, which, in the words of Isaac, is, um, uh, let me get the quote-ish right, grumpier, uh, no, we don't want to get that, he's, he's like a, a young Peter Capaldi, uh, which, for those of you who uh, watch Doctor Who, you are familiar with how grumpy old Peter Capaldi can be. <laughs> Uh, and so a young Scottish angry world hopper who's also been described as a James Bond who works for Chris. All of that yeah. fits. Peter with Capaldi him going. is is hot enough it, it currently just imagining him younger mind boggling. Welcome so, to Hopcast. Yeah. <laughs> um additional additional small tidbits from my my conversation with um Isaac. Uh, or other conversations with with Isaac is that he's currently outlining a Nikki Savage story that he may or may not write in the future, uh, depending on a number of factors. And if you don't remember who Nikki Savage is, uh, she is uh, featured in one of the broadsheets in Miss Born Era Two. Bands sheet, yes, probably bands. I think it's bands. Yeah, I think it's bands. Um, where she um, tells of her encounter with the person he we understand to be Naz. Uh and, and yeah. he shoots her with her with his um uh shades gun as mm-hmm. as some have called it because it looks like it shoots shades from Threnody. Yeah. Which is weird. But it Naz weird. so And for the record, like that story was written by Isaac. It was. It was. Yep. Uh so that's a that's a thing that hopefully will happen uh, in the future. Cool. I'm excited for that. Ian, much okay. Yep. So, back to Argent. Word of yep. Brandon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Why were Sion's unaffected by the Riode? Brandon, they were. Argent, they were. How? Brandon, Raffo. The Sion's got raffled by the Riode, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Which well, let's. Let's look at that one because it's confusing to me, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, we don't know how how Sion's worked pre pre reeled pre chasm line, right, or pre chasm. But they have they have an actual aeon that is like the center of their power and mind, and when the person they bond with, uh, when they when they get chosen by the by the Shayod, the eons go insane. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and so the fact that the chasm that caused the riyad 
would break Elantris and everything else that had anything to do with Elantris? I like I would have expected the Sions to just break because they don't have the chasm line. Well, yeah. Well, if we go into some questionably canon yeah, I know ideas because yeah. like in the original draft of the ending Sions were able to oh. basically sacrifice themselves and like expend their Aeon to, to have an effect. Yeah. And it's like Ayin, who who was Rayod and Sion, like who's healing. Ayin is healing. It means wisdom, but it does healing. Yes. Which annoys me. <laughs> like expended itself to heal Hraithen. Right. That got deleted. So yeah. like we don't know if that's canon, but perhaps the trouble would have been like if they tried to actualize their Aeon, like, it might not work. Hmm, sure. I mean, also remember, they're not just, you know, drawn Aeons. They are actual splinters of yeah. devotion. Mm-hmm. So there, yeah. there's a bit more to them than that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like, they don't have to draw in power from, in, from yeah, the door. Yeah, like, the like, Aeon isn't connected to, well, is it kind of connected to their personality? Like, maybe, but, like, it's not like... Yeah. Eh. Okay, yeah, it's it's probably nowhere near as much as it would be for, you know, an Elantrian. Yeah, right. but it, but it's also, like, really intricately connected with how Seans are created, which we don't know. Yeah. Which yeah. would be in, like, an Elantra sequel. That's, that's when we'd learn more about it. So, like, th- how you would get, like, a splinter of devotion in, like, this current state, like, Seans were created, so it, it's weird mm-hmm. in many senses, so... But we now know that they were affected yep. by the revealed. Mm-hmm. Just not how. Yep. All right. So Argent asked, how do visions in the Cosmere work? And I'm thinking realmatically. And Brandon. So almost always it's glimpsing into the spiritual realm. But you're often seeing it through the cognitive. And so it's like a, a vision that Dalinar sees. What's going on is being pulled and kind of stretched a little bit through the realms into the spiritual realm, where a cognitive construct is adding a framework to seeds that are set in place. And Argent says, so you can kind of comprehend the spiritual? And Brandon, you can comprehend, and there's also a little bit of life to it, meaning you it can respond to you to an extent. So imagine it kind of works like an AI. Imagine there's some, you've, you've got some power in the spiritual realm, and you're adding a framework to it that it's shining through, then it, that's giving you the vision. Complicated, I know. Uh, spiritual realm is supposed to be weird, and we aren't supposed to quite comprehend it, and that's why that we've got the cognitive framework there. It almost is like they're using, they're using the cognitive realm as like a, a filter or a screen in which the spiritual realm is being projected. That's always how cognitive that's, stuff has yeah. worked. It's it's the intermediary between the physical mm-hmm. and the spiritual. That's yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's really cool. That was, that, was, that, was, that was such a fun one. Oh, I loved it so much. That's a cool yeah. response. Like I've 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 been wondering about how visions work ever since the way of kings really yeah and and i haven't been able to come up with anything that makes sense like obviously they're not physical in nature but 
cognitive didn't make sense to me either and 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 spiritual didn't quite make sense to me because spiritual is super weird and obviously when Dalinar goes into a vision he he understands things it's not this super alien experience for him um and so the fact that there is a, like a cognitive framework in the spiritual realm uh and 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 people who experience visions are being kind of stretched throughout the the three realms all the way up as I imagine it, to the spiritual. It's it's almost, it ties back to that word of Brandon we talked about a podcast ago yep. um, about shards manifesting in the physical realm, yep. where it's it's almost the opposite, right? If you're a shard, you are all pretty much in the spiritual realm and you kind of puncture down to yeah. the physical. Um, and if you are a physical being experiencing visions, you're being kind of a little bit, a little bit stretched up there to the spiritual, and you get a little bit of that shardic experience. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, if you're somebody like Kelsier, uh, who's got a shard as as a, a, a buddy in a in a buddy cop movie, um, <laughs> to kind of share the spiritual realm with you, you get more than just a glimpse. You get like Kelsier saw a lot more than, um, well, what I would imagine a physical being would see if they just looked at the spiritual. Mm-hmm. So really cool stuff. Yeah, it was interesting how he compared it to artificial intelligence and and used that as the explanation as to how the visions can adapt to your self insert. Yeah. So that that's the explanation of how it's so interactive. Mm-hmm. It's it's really cool. I mean, all shardic construct things like this are really cool. Like, how did preservation do the things preservation did? And this this is right. just cool to hear about. Like th- mm-hmm. this is a thing the shards can do, and anything like and, that is cool. And it is also a little bit surprising to me that Brandon had obviously thought all about the mechanics of how this these things work. Yeah, I didn't uh, have to this think was, about that at all. It's just like this let me was tell not you. this was not him fumbling with words. This was no. well, <laughs> here it is. About it. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. He thinks well, about these things pretty extensively. Yeah, let's go on to this next one. This one. <laughs> Argent is one you tried to track down for a long time, but now we have it again on uh audio. Uh, and and we have it twice, in fact. Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh the Argent. The reason Odium dealt with the cell shards in the way that he did, whether that was primarily because he was inexperienced in splintering, and so he knew what he wanted, and so he knew that he wanted nobody to take the shards. Brandon. There are there were better ways he could have done what he did, Argent. And he then learned at least a little bit better? Brandon. He learned at least a little better. Um I would like to offer just a little bit of context to this. Yeah, please. This was um long time ago, like months for months now, I've been telling people about this this word of Brandon that I've gotten from Brandon, obviously, that I that I don't have a recording of and I have very vague memory of, and I've been telling people that Brandon had told me that the reason Odium couldn't splinter the Celis shards the way he splintered Ambition and Honor is because he didn't know what he was doing. He knew that he didn't want anyone else to take the power, I thought, but he didn't know how to do that. And so the only solution he could come up with on Cell was to shove him in the cognitive, which is why we have that. So inexperience, right? I couldn't find the recording. And so I, I confronted Brandon on my first day so, mind you, this word of Brandon is from the third. On the first day, I go to him. I think I found the first I, day word of Brandon. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, this it's, is it's, the first it's, day. It's somewhere in there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but I asked him about it. He said, are you going to record this or not? Before I asked the question. And I and I chose not to because I really didn't want to get raffled on this. Yeah, yeah. And, and he did confirm that it was inexperience. Uh, later on, turns out we did have a recording, uh, which which is going to be in Arcanum somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing we just read was me confirming for like the third time <laughs> that it was in fact Odium's inexperience. Yeah, and uh, looking uh, at this uh, other quote from, from your first day, uh, it's all kind of weirdly out of order, but uh, you, you, you ask that and Brandon says, he didn't want that to happen, but he didn't know that he didn't want what happened to happen. Uh, and Brandon says there are better ways to do what he wanted to do, which he later did a better job with, but there's not a lot of experimenting he could do. Yeah. Cause, uh, you only, you only got 15 other shards. You can't, yeah. you can't really yeah. <laughs> learn splintering that well. So I'm, I'm really excited. We got, um, uh, on the record confirmation yeah. for this one. Yeah, it's cool. Cause I've been, I thought I was going insane, man. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So Chicken Bites asked, can you soul cast aluminum into other materials? Brandon, aluminum would strongly resist any sort of soul casting. Billy, the moderator, chimed in like, would that resistance be overcome? Could be overcome? Brandon, this is the question. Everything can be, right? Aluminum in the Cosmere was created and can be created so people ask me this can cannot like with a powerful enough magnet in in our world what can you do like is water magnetic but could you make water respond to a magnet yes you can make anything if you really try hard enough it's like this idea that when people are like can you yes or no well yes would it take the power of six shards of adenosium working together? Maybe. Can you? Yes, you probably can. Like, we're talking about a fantasy universe where almost anything is possible, and the impossibilities are contradictions. It's how many angels can dance on the head of a pin sort of questions when you get into can you. Now, could you soul cast aluminum using a reasonable amount of energy that an individual could conceivably have in a normal setting and situation? No. It was kind of it, some context of when he was talking about the water being magnetic. He was also making eye contact with Peter, and Peter's like, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny." That's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, additional context: he was he, he looked a little a little agitated at this question because he's been he's been going on about people asking him, "Can you? Can you not?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and like, well, I mean, theoretically, maybe. So, yeah. for future possible. reference, dear listener. Preface every question with, can you, using a reasonable amount of energy <laughs> that an individual could conceivably have in a normal setting and situation, there you and go. then ask your question. If yeah. you want to ask that. <laughs> I, I just like the, I, um, the idea of like, yes, you can change aluminum, but it would take six shards. Well, well he was I, using I, that I don't a, know if he's actually being serious. Yeah. He's just like choosing no. something ridiculous. No, it was, I know, it was an offhanded still. example. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, it's possible, like, there's a number there. Like, <laughs> how many shards would it take? At least eight. <laughs> Half of them. Yule Rule asked, 
Are Inquisitor Spikes and Chondra Blessings and Coloss Spikes interchangeable? Like, if you spiked it in a different way, and Brandon kind of hesitantly said, you could make that work and it wouldn't be that hard, but just as they are, no. And Yule Roll said, would nothing happen or would weird stuff happen? And Brandon, weird stuff would happen. The pause, but one's not very hard to make work. That, that that one's not very hard to make work. I'd like to hone in on Chondra Blessings and Coloss Spikes rather than yep. Inquisitor Spikes, because Inquisitor Spikes steal ability, whereas, like, Allomantic or Ferrochemical ability, whereas mm-hmm. uh, Chondra and Coloss Spikes spike out a part of preservation from your soul yeah that's mm-hmm. like your your humanity yeah yeah so they're very different type things yeah but which is probably why trying to switch everything around would call it weird stuff to yeah happen. but would like coloss and chondra spikes be interchangeable like eh? maybe more so than, kind than of. inquisitor spikes definitely we know that like chandra spikes are specifically crafted to be blessing spikes yep mm-hmm. that's and true and Chandra there, there's something really special about them. Don't like replacing their spikes with somebody else's. It messes with their heads. Right, exactly. Yeah. Identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so I, I I think this one it's it's safe to to constrain to Chandra and Coloss. Yeah. 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 I love this question. Will we ever know the exact place and time of Honor's death uh occurred? And will it be significant? Brandon says, yes, and Raphael. Well, good, because that sh- that should feel important. Good. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, the exact time and place of of preservation's death. No. Well, that's true, but like, I feel like given that it was picked up so quickly, and like th- there were details that were that did matter, right? With preservation, with like Kelsier, and then Vin taking it, and then Vin dying, and then. Sazed picking it up, like, there was a lot of stuff there, and so there's probably stuff happening with Honor, like, with the splintering power, what did that power do specifically, right? Sure. Sure. It matters a lot. Oh, Oh, Preservation's Shard was just a game of hot potato there. Yeah. Yeah. Near the end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Pagefunner asked, the Starfall vision... Ten deaths referring to the Midnight Essence. That's what the one Radiant said. They're the ten deaths. Is that the unmade, the ten deaths, Brandon? Well, there's nine unmade, so... And then he just trails off. Well, Thanks, Brandon. Take that as a no. Still, though, good to remember that the ten deaths are a thing, because that has been mentioned once. Yeah. So, good. I'm glad that has not been forgotten. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, I believe I believe some people have taken that to imply that there may be a tenth unmade. Um, I'm highly skeptical of that. Which I am not very See, supportive I've seen people of. kick that idea around, but that word really seems to suggest to me that no, there is not a tenth. Yeah, yeah, that one's pretty explicit. Well, there's yeah. nine unmade. Yeah, Friend I mean, just I, straight that, up that did kills that. that theory right there. It's more that we don't have any info on the 10 deaths and we have more info on Unmade, really. Right? Yeah. All right. So I'll read this one. Page Runner asks uh, about the Dramanod name and uh, they, they, they just named it. It doesn't fit with First of the Sun culture. And Brandon says uh, it, it's not 
it's not named after it's the name comes from somewhere else it's not meant uh don't don't read in too much into it being latin and page runner asks so it's not a yolish name brandon no it's not a yolish name once in a while i'll make them very very roman if i want you to make that connection so which like that's one of the first times like he's explicitly like yolish names are Romanesque, Sophandrius yep. yeah, story, so. like yeah, that's I guess a that's very Latinate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Name. That's that is true. Yeah, good, good. And keeping with the Dramanat system, Page Great. Runner follows up uh, with whether the different world in that system share a culture, uh, because we do know that the first what is it, like three or four are the known to three. have, yeah, are known to have civilizations there. So. So he wanted to ask whether it was a single civilization that kind of spread to three planets, whether one planet colonized different ones and things like that. Um, and Brandon does confirm that the other planets do have their own names. They're not all sharing first of the sun, which is very centered around yeah, first yeah. of the sun, right? Yeah. Second mm-hmm. of the sun and so on. They do have their own name. And uh, Page Runner tries to fish for whether one of those names is Obrodai. And gets hard <laughs> raffled. Shocking! Who would have thought? Yeah. And no one whatsoever was surprised that day. No. <laughs> yeah, so this actually ties into one of my annoyances about the Dromenad system map. Uh-huh. In that, like, it's all the planets are first of the sun, second of the sun, etc. But that, like, naming structure, like isn't even universal to first of the sun like that's very much an elican island thing like the mainlanders don't do that like they have normal names and also if you're a person out of world calling it dromenad which is not a first first of the sun naming scheme wouldn't you just use the like if you named it dromenad you would do similar ish names for the other planets right yeah yeah it it, it just like never really made sense that like they were named that way the planets that is it is it is a little weird it's it's a lot of weird yeah yeah i'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to brandon talking about where where dromenad because because yeah. dromenad is a nickname chris says it's a nickname yeah um i'm I'm looking forward to finding out where that nickname came from yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so like i also don't think it's obrudai because we know First of the Sun is not Obrudai. I think we can fairly say that. But Brand, um, Hoyd has been to Obrudai, which re- would require a perpendicularity. First of the Sun is only the only planet in the system that has a perpendicularity. So it's like, oh yeah, d- right. Like yeah, 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 the other planets can't be Obrudai. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, Mac asks if one ferrochemist keeper. A folk ferrochemist spiked another ferrochemist and got a hemological whatever from that person. Eh, pick a power, any power. Uh, would the first one now have enough of the second keeper's identity to use all of their metal mines, or would it just be kind of trails off? And Brandon's response was, Ooh, that's a good one. I'm that? gonna say yes, but it's a hesitant yes because it's actually a question I haven't worked out yet. So you can have that as a yes unless I hit it in the books and I'm looking at the notes and decide that wouldn't work but i think that it would mm-hmm. that i, I just kind of like it i like it when people ask stuff about how ferrochemy and allomancy and all the mm-hmm. well it's getting at identity and work. stuff and, yeah, yeah and, like and all of that that hemallergic 
you know, charge, charge is the correct yeah. word, or invest, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, you, but I like, guess you gain it, you know? Yeah. Well, we knew that, like, if you use a fruit from a spike, like, you can access the original fruit like, metal mind for whatever yeah. that ability is. Oh, I is. totally forgot that. But you did yeah, write the yeah. Ferrochemy article, so that Yes, I did. Uh, but, like, this is interesting that, like, it's like, if you get any spike, like, you have enough of their identity to use any of their metal minds. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a different thing. Yeah. It is It is really cool. Um, I would like to chime in and mention that the questioner, Mac, is, um, uh, he cosplayed a Coloss huh. on, on one of the days. And so, if you go to the Jordan Khan facebook group you can find you can find photos of him um and he looked amazing yeah he was very very blue (laughs) he was very very blue that's awesome so trey asks previously you've revealed that the mechanism that determines the returned on nalthus is a decision of a sapient entity endowment uh (laughs) just you know uh is the determination by which the entity that selects the recipient of a divine breath come back as a returned predicated on that recipient fulfilling some purpose in the physical realm brandon so the question is why does uh the entity that picks who returns why did they pick who they did and your question kind of implies there's like specific tasks to fulfill i'm gonna say there aren't specifics but there are certain things the entity is looking for trey in the physical realm brandon yes there are certain things they are looking for. Now, let's just say this entity is not necessarily the most consistent of entities in the Cosmere when it comes to making decisions like this. But there are thir- certain things they are looking for. So that's what does crazy. that even mean? I don't know, but that's like... We don't know very much about endowment at all. And that's pretty but- big. But Except she obviously, she, she handpicks the people to return and she's looking for specific yeah. things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. maybe depending on the day, she'll, she'll let someone slide that when she was in a different mood, she would have grabbed. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Uh, she's really annoyed at Odium. So like she picks Vasher to return. Next day is like, I, I no, I shouldn't interfere. But like, oops, Vasher still exists. Oh, well. I guess she, that's kind of interesting, given I that first I accidentally cr- pulled back this person who's going to cause him problems in the future. Oh, Silly me. Oh, maybe, it, maybe it could be, maybe part of that is truth, but if, like, a shard confronted her about it, it's like, hey, you know, like, I'm not all right in my brain, okay? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, it's maybe part of it's true, but maybe part of it's a cover that she's just playing up. I want it to, to be a cover because, like, I that sounds pretty great, love actually. endowment. Like, yeah. endowment's great. I this is this that that was pretty crazy. I like the perception we have of endowment. I should say, yeah. Well, if if she's not the most consistent, then it kind of makes sense that she's like, no. Oh, oh and by the way, guys, uh, endowment wrote the first letter in Oathbringer that. Uh, mm-hmm. We we process of elimination that it's definitely endowment. Um that kind of makes sense given uh in that first letter she's like, no, shards shouldn't meet up, but you know, if Odium needs to be dealt with, I definitely will. Uh, he will be dealt with, right? Like 
It's kind of inconsistent even there, right? It's a definite hint that she has her fingers in something that can handle Odium. And Nightblood being a a wild card on Roshar now is is probably a big chunk of that. And there's the idea that, like, in the original ending of Well of Ascension, like, endowment showed up. Oh, that's right! That, That is super easy to forget, which is insane! This is also something that was brought up during JordanCon at some point, possibly even by Brandom, just randomly. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not sure about that. The the original ending and endowment being. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So the in this next one, the questioner asks, "Are the Ghostbloods affiliated with autonomy?" <laughs> Brandon, affiliated with is very wiggle roomish. I'll go ahead and give you a Raffo on that one, even though I can totally wiggle on this one. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to say Raffo. I'm going to do the ultimate wiggle. There have been dealings. Billy, interactions? Brennan, yes, there have been interactions. That's pretty awesome. I Which, love how he wow. says Raffo and then he continues to wiggle anyway. <laughs> That's why we yeah. have a Raffo plus tag on our canon, let me tell you. Right. <laughs> wow. And and there is there is another one later on where somebody asked whether the ghost bloods are Kelsier's new crew. And he well he throws a raffle onto that one too. Well, didn't we ha- didn't when we were talking about the secret society podcast that it was just no, it's just straight up no on Kelsier and the ghost bloods. Was it? I forgot. Um, it was not as explicit as you are. That's saying. fine. I'm I'm really sick, so yeah, that's. Yeah, it's maybe, maybe it was basically like if Kaladin, uh, if Kelsier were to join the Ghost Floods, like he would be like their leader, like within. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. That that's right. That's right. So probably not. Oh yeah. no, I thought I thought there was an actual. Have there been any interactions between Kelsier and the Ghost Bloods, and that got raffled? Oh yeah, that's from Jordan Con. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we were that. we were thinking of something else. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, um, but anyway. Interactions between autonomy and the Ghostbloods? Wow! I mean, autonomy has a lot of avatars, as Ian loves. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, Ghostbloods are a world half an organization. Makes sense that they would interact with one of them or more. But, like, I feel like that could very easily be, easily be like, they try to send a representative to Taldane, and autonomy is just like, no, go back. How, how about no? Well, that's, I mean, there have been that interactions. Is an interaction. Yes, that is true. For sure. So it doesn't need to be that spicy, for sure. But it could mm-hmm. be spicy. Nah, it's spicy. I'm erring on the it. side of it's spicy. All right, cool. Great. I'm going to have Mexican food tonight. So um, Tune in to Shardcast in 14 years when we find out how spicy the interaction between how the spicy and autonomy is. units is this? <laughs> um, uh, next question. Uh, in, in Oathbringer, a questioner asks, when Dalinar goes to the Night Watcher, we see cultivation interfere, intervene directly. How closely does she supervise other Night Watcher visits? Could the Night Watcher give a boon that cultivation wouldn't want her to? And Brandon responds with a, with a well, yes wouldn't want her to is a strong phrase like cultivation is always aware of what's going on cultivation rarely intervenes 
even if she thinks it would be a bad boon because she wants the Night Watcher to learn. And she also is very interested in seeing what happens, so rarely intervenes but is aware. Um, to which the questioner responds with, would she intervene if she thought the boon would help Odium? And Brandon hits that with a not necessarily. That is interesting. Which I, I just think it's important to note out that just because something helps Odium doesn't necessarily mean it hurts cultivation. True. Like th- True. It's not a strict dichotomy there. Yeah. yeah, she's very much playing the long game here, and yeah. just because something helps him in the short term doesn't necessarily mean it it it's going to affect her final end game. Yeah, because yeah. like Dalnor, it could have helped Odium. Right? Yeah, yeah like, she, yeah, I was, she I was took a big that. risk there, and she yeah. acknowledged it, but it paid off big time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, as for the part where um the question talks about whether the Night Watcher can do something contrary to what Cultivation wants. Uh, Obviously, Brandon didn't really respond to that, but my take on it is since the Night Watcher is, I mean, it's Cultivation's investiture, right? Yeah. Their basic intentions are probably aligned, uh, at least in some way. So I don't don't really think she can act directly against uh, her mother. That's my that's my take on that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's more like that. If cultivation like told her no, like she would stop. Yeah. Yeah, but, but she rarely. The, yeah. Yeah. She rarely does because she wants she she wants her to learn from mistakes. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it probably wouldn't matter too much. Yeah. Yeah. Except maybe to the poor sap who's on the receiving end. So I wonder if part of why cultivation is so insistent on. The Night Watcher learning is because she's seen honor die, and so she is preparing for her death. Oh, she's, so see, it's, it's not like she's planning for her death, but like, so, like contingencies. Like, mm-hmm. if I am to die, like, I want Night Watcher to be ready, understand people. Better. I took that in the other direction. I thought she was planning on piecing out. I could see it going either way because well, I could see cultivation choosing the point of her sacrifice of herself at a very so strategic point against odium like she's going to take odium out with her sure sure that, that sounds like something somebody who has lost a loved one mm-hmm. might sure. do yeah i think i have talked about that before on the podcast i think yeah we we definitely did and there's certainly no reason why she couldn't have multiple reasons for doing what she's doing. I imagine. To, to cover multiple contingencies. Much like endowment, but cultivation especially would have many contingencies for a great many things. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, Trey asked, the term the god beyond is used across several worlds and stories set in the Cosmere. Is this piece of terminology one that's spread across the Cosmere through the intermingling of world hoppers and native populations? And if not, is it merely a conceit that the translation into English we read encapsulates similar convergent ideas? And Brandon really liked this question, and we're going to kind of condense it down. He really mostly focuses on the translation artifact thing, and basically it's not. Um, Whenever anyone in any language is referring to the god beyond, they are using 
as close to that exact phrase as exists in their language. So the the ties are intentional. He never actually goes into saying whether it's because of world hoppers or if it's just something that's embedded into the basic culture of the Cosmere, but it's definitely not a linguistic conceit. Cool. Which is which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost it's almost like a permeating Cosmere wide religion, right? Yeah, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Though we do have an alternative name for the god beyond on Cell, which is the unknown which is god. The unknown god. Yeah. If they are the same being. Bre- I'm pretty sure Brennan has said they are. There's there's a strong sure. implication of it at least. There there yeah. Yeah, there's there definitely is, but yeah. All right. This next one, Ted Winespring brother asks Given that shards and perhaps ascended beings have intents similar to their names, Brandon, more that they have names similar to their intents, which I already have a lot to say on this, but you know, uh, Ted, would unity be a natural enemy of autonomy? Brandon, um, possibly you say natural Ted. Well, would one eliminate the other one? but more towards autonomy trying to break up Brandon to break up unity. It's so hard to say because autonomy is a bit of a strange duck. Like what counts as being autonomous is absorbing everything and becoming one again, autonomous or not. That's kind of your question that you get into. And the way autonomy looks at it right now is no autonomy wants to remain autonomy. Autonomy does not want to be corrupted by anything else. And autonomy would think that, uh, the shards are better on their own, but this is a natural effect or part of the. Is, does that make sense, Ted? Well, it's also along the lines of Odium wants to break up the other ones so they don't. Brandon, Odium just wants to be the top dog, and your two ways to be top dog are to climb higher or to lower everyone else. And he's like, "We're gonna lower everyone else because I know if I combine, it stops being me and what his opinion is." I would no longer be the person I am. I would change into something else. And then that person gets to rule. And I don't want uh, that person to rule. I want to. So one of the one of the interesting things here is that unlike previous mentions of Unity, Brandon doesn't outright go, hey, you're assuming that Unity is a shard. Which he did do at JordanCon. That he's just like, I'm not going to talk about it. So... Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he might have. He may have already gone into that earlier before he got this question, so yeah, figured I think, he addressed I think so. it properly. I, I don't know if I included it in our document, but uh, it's just like um, it was just um, a raffo. Yeah. Um, it also talks about Odium's plans for the yeah, Cosmere as a whole, stuff. which we already knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I dislike um, the premise of this question, like, in have intents similar to their name. Like, this just goes back to the, the word intent is not a real word in the Cosmere. I mean, it is, but, Brandon, but not... But Brandon corrects that to be the other way around, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, they're yeah, named yeah. after their intent. Right, exactly. So, like, yeah. So, Brandon did correct it, but just just to be clear, the, the question is flawed at the start. Yeah. Uh, eh. The concept that we are using for intent is just that, like, getting at this thing that is the shard and what it's goal thing is sort of thing and there's this question of how does a person interpret that but any anyway basically like honor doesn't act honorable because he's named honor like he's named honor because he acts honorably 
basically. Well, I, I would phrase it more as you picked up this divine force that shapes you in a specific direction to, mm-hmm. to do this thing. And the word intent is talking about what that force is doing. That's, that's, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, and I mean, as, okay. as we talked about, like, Odium sees himself as passion and other people just call him Odium and there's, there's that ambiguity there. But there is still a force there that does a specific thing. That thing we called an intent long ago. Uh, I, I popularized it, actually. Uh, and it was from a Hero of Ages annotation. Uh, but it's not, that's not a word in the books. So, except for intent with a magic system, which is different than a shard's intent. Mm-hmm. So, but like, but I do think it's important to know, like, just because there's not a word in the books for this, and this is a thing, like, in the Cosmere, like, yeah, yeah, intents yeah. are a thing. They're just, like, not necessarily called intents. Yeah, yes, yeah. and we don't have a canonical word for that, so I just want to be clear with that, that it's kind of a weird word. It was popularized in 2011, we know a lot more now, so, yeah, sorry. It's like Shardholder, before yeah. we had the term vessel. Yes. Mm-hmm. And before yes. Brandon thought having a term was even important, necessary. Which it is. Thank you, Brandon. Oh, yeah. the olden days. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so okay. just, just wanted to go on that minor, minor tirade. Minor. Yes. Okay. Yeah, some minor. Okay. So Arjun and a whole bunch of other people um, talked to Isaac about the White Sand graphic novels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and specifically why there is a radio. Yes. And Isaac is or surprised that there is a radio. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he, was, he was absolutely surprised. He, he did not know what we're talking about. Yeah, so basically, he, he, he eventually saw a photo. It was like, oh, yeah, that's a radio. Like, and his thought was that the artist like, drew something in the background. And then the colorist, who is not the same person as the line artist, like saw it and thought, like, oh, that's a radio. I'm going to color it like it's a radio, when that wasn't necessarily like the artist's intent. And that it just slipped through the cracks because Isaac and everybody had confirmed the line art and didn't think it looked like a radio. Right. And, and Isaac also says that they'll have another person for volume three, not the second person that they got for volume two Mm -hmm. also i would like to just quickly say canton canton get me my boombox it's very important (laughs) for the ritual that's my lord masteral voice what have we done you're welcome (laughs) Thank, thank you uh colorist for white sand for giving me this great meme thank you i would like to continue it thank you and we are officially out of words of Brandon. Um, for this podcast, there are a few more available on our canum, wob.coppermind.net. Uh, you can go read and more importantly, listen to those. Mm-hmm. Um, before we wrap up, the last bit I would like to mention uh, comes from another unofficial conversation. Uh, unofficial meaning I didn't, I didn't record that because we were just chatting. Uh, between me and Isaac. Isaac Stewart, uh, an illustrious human being. And um, 
in, in that conversation, he did confirm that Team Sanderson, Dragon's Steel Entertainment, is working on a Nalthus SA and star chart, uh, very similar to the ones we saw for many of the other worlds in Arcanum Unbounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have a release date for those, um, but they are they, they would fit very nicely with the 10th anniversary of Warbreaker coming up next year. Um, if you are in the future, dear listener, that's 2019, and you may, in fact, already have the essay in the star chart in your hands. So, in which case, we are very, very envious of you. Yes, yes we are. Yes. Please okay. send them uh, back uh, the, in us time from the past. We are we're very excited about that, this for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. Um. So, so Warbreaker 10th anniversary, pretty good candidate. They may release at least one of those things early. Um. It's a, it's a theoretical possibility. Mm. Uh. But but chances are it will be no later than the anniversary. That's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. Do you have any uh, last JordanCon words? It was awesome. Everybody should go because JordanCon is best con. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I'll start going next year. I can, I can confirm. One of these years, I'll make it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. the next time Brandon's there. Yeah. Which we usually know about reasonably ahead of time. Yeah. 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 Um, I believe tickets are, or registration is at, at its lowest price until like August. September. Or something. Yeah, yeah it, it through the end of August, I think. Yeah, maybe through the middle. Um, and and Brandon, I think, announces those things the year before. Like, I, I feel like we've known about Brandon attending this year's Jordan Con. We knew that in 2017. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we know he's not attending the 2019 one. Right. Yeah. Um. So, but even even if you don't get the cheapest ticket, it's the difference between like forty or forty five U.S. American U.S. Okay. American dollars. Not a big deal. And even freedom, even freedom when bucks. even when Brandon's not there, there's usually someone from Team Sanderson. I I don't know that Peter's ever missed because that's his fun yeah. con. That's Good. where he goes to unwind. So if you do wind up seeing him there in an unofficial capacity, don't pester him too much. But you can go up and say hi and Peter's tell nice. him that he's awesome. Nice. Peter is nice. I will I will confess, um, not knowing Peter, uh, just having interacted with him online um, on the 17th shard, really, uh, he intimidated me a lot. I thought he was really scary. That's fair. Um, I, I can see that. Have it, and, having and interacted with him many times, that makes sense. Um, a huge portion of that was the fact that every time he had res- literally every time he had responded to a post of mine it was to either disagree with me or correct me <laughs> <laughs> and so i i walked up him like peter do, do, do you hate me <laughs> uh he doesn't no no peter's great yep isaac's great kara's great karen's great all Kar- of them are great brandon's great dragon steel emily is great is just <laughs> super great so, it is the best company. It is so weird that we are in a fandom where, like, you know, you can like an artist, right? But sometimes <laughs> they turn out to be total jerks. Yeah. This is not that time. Like, no. not at all. And, like, everyone around around that is just so nice. So. It's, it's ridiculous. Again, if you ever get a chance to go to a signing, definitely do that. And uh, Jordan Khan's pretty cool. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So. We have one last thing to do, and it is Who's That Cosmere Character? Who's that Cosmere Character? 
All right, guys. So we got some Cosmere uh, clues uh, for characters. That was the sentence. I'm sick. We've recorded three of these in a row. Whatever. Um, we've been we've been sitting here for six hours. It, we, yeah, we, we have. Let's just get into it. You for each clue, you guys get a guess. And so for this first one, we have this character is lighthearted and eager. Sill? No. Good guess, though. Uh, Tien. No. <laughs> I like how our go-to. One of these times, it'll be Tien. <laughs> um, Light Song. No. All right. Next clue. This character is on schedule. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess Spook. No. Okay, I like guess. how you're physically pained from saying that, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Scandriel well, doesn't have that many lighthearted characters. No. It's a pretty, it's a pretty bad place. I mean, I'd hazard a guess at Wayne at this point, because he can be most of the time uh, until yeah, he's true. being angsty. That's true. Oh, uh, but no. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Era, Era 2 is, in fact, still Scandriel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It, it, we're, we're still, because the Era 1 books are so long. Like yeah. longer compared to like doubles the size. So you say you say schedule, we go to her one. I know, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Next clue? Uh well let me let me All hit right. you okay. up with um Aurien. Ooh, that's a good guess, but no. I would not call her lighthearted. Like I I didn't know what to guess. She so is stone to... cold. Like Okay. Yeah. She's bubbly at least, but Well no, wasn't wasn't Aurien the one it in is. in book one? Well, no, and it shows up on book two. Yeah. What was what was Breeze's girlfriend then? That's that's Alrian. Yeah. She's not, not in, book, in one. book one. She's not in book one. Why are we talking about book one? I don't know. Well, <laughs> let's 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 go on to the next clue. Doesn't matter. This character really likes newspapers or broadsheets. Oh no! It's that one. <laughs> it's that one. Which one? God, there was in Shadows of Self, and I and I feel comfortable talking about this because I'm never gonna guess it. Um, I believe it was Marcy, uh, who was uh going to go to um the the governor's page or whatever it was, and she bought a newspaper from this this bubbly not urchin, but like merchant uh vend- vendor of newspapers and broadsheets and and if that's if that's the answer uh, the submitter of the question uh, please don't do this no but yeah okay okay no that is no i'm going to guess alamancer jack <laughs> No. Okay. That would have been my next guess too. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna be so stumped on this one. Yeah. This this I, I will say this one's pretty hard. Uh I shouldn't tell you that, but four. This character is employed by Wax. Employed by. Oh, I oh my god. We are all um, helpless beneath the onslaught of unhelpful clues. No, 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 no. This is helpful. This is really helpful. <laughs> there is there is a scene oh my god um 
I'm never gonna remember this, so I'm just gonna go. Was it was it the butler? Would you would you accept that no, as a as an answer? It is not the butler. Okay. I haven't guessed on this clue yet. No. Correct. Nope. No, okay. It's just me. I'm gonna guess Nikki Savage. No. At this point, She's the only character oh, left true. I can think of who is like enthusiastic and happy is Milan. But no. Not All right, clue five. He drives coaches. Cobb. Hoyt. It is Cobb. Yeah. Oh, it it's Cobb. Cobb. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I, I just looked at the scene, and uh, I don't really think Cobb actually liked broadsheets, although... Oh, no, 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 no. He, he does like the broadsheets. Okay. Sorry. Who sent this one in? Because Wax, Wax uh, gave... Who did send this one in? Uh, ben did not tell me who sent this one in. Sorry. So, so, so it's Grace. Grace. Okay. Was this you? <laughs> I think I think it, I think this is probably a Grace question. This is probably on, a Grace on, question. On clue four, I was like, it's it's either the butler or Cobb. I just don't remember because yeah, there was I'll, a scene. There was a scene where Wax goes somewhere and he has a broadsheet or a newspaper and hands it to I guess we now know Cobb and and confides with someone else that hey he likes he likes he likes those things. Uh, it may have been for the crosswords. Uh, I just don't remember. Cobb Wax nodded to Cobb and handed him the broadsheet. Cobb grinned. He loved the things. That's okay, maybe. Yet. Okay, so I've made that up. Yep. Let's let's do one more while we're here. I, I will say that I guessed Cobb earlier, so for a great yeah, one. So I feel oh. like I'm close enough on this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Let's do one more. This- sure. Why not? Bring on the pain. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. This is this was not Grace. Uh I'm disappointed. Alright. This next one. This character was killed. Well. Of Ascension. Is it Lindavar? No. Is it Hraithen? No. Okay. And there's so many characters who've been killed to pick from. I know. Right. It's true. That's why I'm I'm I don't think much on first clues. I know. No. I know yeah. Not well, the next one. Okay, well we know Elokar's dead. It's not Elokar. <laughs> uh gotta get char- our colon fix in there. Yeah. This character has dark violet eyes. Well, we're definitely on Roshar. <sighs> Maps I- Maps is not a no. light eye. Not mad. Oh, he said dark violet eyes. Dark violet. Dark violet. Uh, I think that's still light eyes. Like if you're if you're dark eyes, you have brown eyes pretty Vi- much. Violet? No, uh, like you there are like many colors Yasna. of dark eyes. Yasna has is it Yasna? It's not Yasna. Okay. Okay. Yasna well, has Yasna light didn't die. She violet. just faced Well kind of. She didn't die and come back to life. It just seemed like that in the story. Mm, there have been questionable clues on this show in the past. Yeah, I know, I know, and I don't know who sent this in. So, all right, let's do clue three. Uh, oh, okay. Kimith, would you like to rosemary? Yes. No, not unless I can like buy a vowel or something. No, you don't get to <laughs> buy a vowel. Uh, hopefully that would be a fun game. Um, <laughs> clue three: This character was shy but opened up quickly. Dunny. Dunny, yeah! I couldn't remember if it was Dunny or Maps. I know, as soon as you said Maps, I'm like, I know know you're close. Uh, Uh, What? (laughs) The next clue 
is this character had a pure tenor singing voice in Clue oh, 5. Yeah, okay. This character was a member of Bridge 4. Okay. Huh. Nice. So I guess I guess Dark Violet Eyes are Dark Eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember that scene. They talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. And how it's unusual for a Lethe. And is yeah. more common among Venus. And he was he was talking about how in, in in a certain light you can see. I'm gonna I'm gonna argue that it's arguably dark violet eyes. Because some members of Bridge 4 do tell him that he has brown eyes. This is an invalid question. I would like to take my point for pointing that out. <laughs> I don't know. I've tried <laughs> to and make ladies and argue, gentlemen, and Argent is being yet. pedantic. Look, I'll just say you you guys are just complaining about these user submitted things and you're being very mean to them. I don't know. Indeed I, I am. Okay. Oh, oh, wow, shots fired. <laughs> shots fired. Send your angry messages to uh at Argent on Discord. So there you go. <laughs> uh, please, please feed feed my rage. Yes. Yeah, he's away from Jordan Khan, so now it's yeah, all. He again. he lost Jordan Khan, so he's like, wait, wait, yep. where'd my happy go? Yep. I am I am back to my salty self. Yep. So follow us on 17char.com, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud. Subscribe on YouTube, like our uh, like us on YouTube. You can find us on iTunes. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also find us on Google Play. And come join the Discord. You can say hi uh, on the Discord and the forums. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.